On this very first episode of the X and Y Convos, titled The Buyers Around Our Nets, I am talking to Busola Jibola, the Deputy Director, Journalism Program at the Center for Journalism Innovation and Development. She's a diversity and inclusion expert with an emphasis on gender equality. She holds multiple degrees in the field of philosophy and has taught the same at several Nigerian tertiary institutions. And today, we're going to be examining the psychology and sociology of bias and answering these questions. Do we all carry bias? Where does bias originate from? How can we recognize and unlearn bias? Let's get into the conversation. So I am having a conversation today with my favorite feminist. That's because every time we get together, I just have, I'm learning something new, I'm exchanging ideas, and it's always, always such a pleasure, just as it is today, to have you in this conversation with me. Hi. Hi, I mean, it's, it's the same experience with me, uh, and it's, it feels good when you have such conversations right. with people who mm. understand uh, where you're coming from. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and, and that's, again, so for those of you who are just finding the X and Y Congress for the first time, or you've listened to, maybe you've done like a shuffle and you're listening to different episodes, this, this kinds of conversations where... We can share experience, but also share knowledge, but also and also share learning and prescribe or prescribe, prescribe is the word, not prescribe, solutions. That's that's the goal of, of setting this conversation together. And we're starting off on a note that I think is important mm. because I think it's foundational mm. to understanding gender equality conversations. We're starting off from bias. Yeah. Now, what is bias and why are we all plagued with bias? Yeah, thank you, Adenike. So um, I think bias is innate mm. um, in the sense that uh, we do not exist um, uh, in silos. We were being born on islands. Mm. So uh, we were raised within cultures, uh, within societies. And in that process, we're socialized and how to define our world how to define other people, sometimes how to define ourselves. Right. And I think all of these learnings, these things that we learn as we interact with other people, yeah. as we grow, come together to form our opinions. Right. They come together to form our perspectives. Um, and, and I think that's where um, this whole um, notion of bias comes from. And I'd like to and I think this is very important yeah. that it, it doesn't mean bias are necessarily uh, negative or evil or right. anything. It's just that uh, it's, it's important that we become aware mm. that they exist and that we carry them in how we define our worldviews. Right. Yeah. I thought it was important to start from there because I know that when we talk about gender equality or gender inequality, and we talk about the biases, the, the, the norms that exist, that people are not unconscious bias, you know, there's conscious and there's unconscious, that's within the remit of, oh, by the way, she's, she's a philosophy professor. I, I gave you the professorial title, so it's okay. <laughs> Nobody's going to arrest us. Um, I thought it was important to start from there because when we say gender bias, everybody says, no, I'm not biased. Uh, could that be because, maybe because that then 
comes with a connotation of maybe responsibility, maybe. And everybody says, oh, no, I'm not biased. I, I think it's important to create that linkage to say, look, if, as you defined, our biases are formed by our socialization, our environment and experiences, then it makes sense. Like, it is possible if we live in a society where there's imbalance to have absorbed uh, that. But how would you interpret it, you know, just from the lens of bias generally and then gender bias specifically? So, um, I, I, and I'd like to start here that um, I think the old notion about gender bias starts from um, our inability sometimes to differentiate between sex and gender. gender. So mm. um, taking it from there, so sex essentially is your um, biological uh, composition. Right. So uh, men have testosterones, um, they have sperms, yeah. men have, um, you know, by virtue of their reproductive organs, and women have... have um, you know, and all of that. And there is also, of course, those who are in between, who are intersex and uh, depending on well, which society <laughs> you're in. <laughs> and I think uh, we need to come to that understanding that beyond sex, uh, there is what we then call gender. gender. And I think some of the things that influences our bias around gender mm -hmm. are informed by sometimes the biology. So uh, uh -huh. because I am a woman, then I then get to be the one who gets pregnant. Yeah. If I choose, uh, women are then the ones who breastfeed. And I think those biological processes then also means that at certain phases of being a woman of womanhood, mm. you are predisposed to some vulnerabilities. Right. Um, so, like physical limitations, for example, if I were to be a, an engineer working on a construction site, so if I am not pregnant, I probably would be able to carry a, a block or what? Yeah. Or climb um, the scaffolding. Exactly. But if I am eight months pregnant, there are limitations. <laughs> safety hazards. So, um, I think the bias is in in the, in the challenge of us not being able to accommodate the idea that, yes, um, we're different. Mm. So a woman do not have the biological qualities of what it means to be a man yeah. and vice versa, a, a man. And that, that difference does not mean that yes, we are less. not equal. Right. So, mm. um, I think we just need to make it clear that, yes, mm. men and women are different, different. by mm. nature of our biology. Mm. But that difference does not um, mean or does not amount to inequality. Mm. I think when we are able to come with that understanding that the fact that I am a woman and um, I have... I am at some point um, predisposed to certain limitations. Does not mean I should not enjoy equal, equal rights, rights and opportunities that exist for the opposite gender. Right. right. So I think it is also within the, that framework that we then begin to assign roles mm. and responsibilities. So because a man would never be pregnant, 
So why the woman as says as the, you know today? Yeah, as, because as, 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 yeah, there have been some arguments of let's not. But until then, until then, until then, a, a man will not be. So pregnant. the man can continue to work, right? And so in that space, within that understanding, we ascribe the role of um, provider sure. to the man, limiting the woman um, of the same role. Yeah, right. In that sense. We assign the role of carer, ultimate carer, mm. to the woman. Right. Limiting the man who can essentially also yeah. play that role. And within all this... You don't need a woman to care now, do you? No, you don't. Right. Within all this, um, you know, our inability to understand that gender difference yeah. does not amount to inequality... Well, yeah. We then assign opportunities. Right. We then assign um, resources. Mm. And in this, within this space, we then begin to see how discrimination comes know, to uh, play. Come, and that's where our biases, mm. right? That's, I think, fundamentally, that's where they come from. And mm. it, it becomes a struggle to become aware that they exist right and to you know make sure that we make a deliberate effort to eliminate them in how we interact so there are two layers to this to my next question first i wanted to approach it from the individual because how then do i begin to work to recognize where i've mixed up the biology and the the um what would we call the other thing this is the sociology socialization socialization where we have mixed those two up how do I begin to recognize that? Because for me, there's a moment of clarity in saying, look, your bias stems from your interpretation or your conflicting of the idea of the sociology of male-female and the biology of male-female. Uh, so how do I begin to recognize so I can change? But then also, because we are already in a system, we're already living in an environment that is patriarchal, that these confusions have been perpetuated and turned into institutions. How do we then take that on at an institutional level? So first the individual, then the institution. So um, I would say that uh, from the level of from yeah, from the level of the individual, I think it is just essentially coming to the awareness that the other person is a human being that should enjoy equal right, right. and opportunities just as you do. Mm. Just embracing the notion of equality. Mm. Forget the gender. Right. Forget the gender Forget, equality. Yes. If you don't have a problem with the concept of people being treated equally, equally. people having um, access to the same opportunity, right. uh, people having access to the same resources, yeah. you probably would be able to understand gender equality. Mm. So um, the way I used to, or, or, or the example that I like to give, you ask yourself, do you have a problem with racism? Do you think it is wrong for um, people to be discriminated by Based virtue of their race. skin, yeah. of their color, of their race? Mm. Uh, does xenophobia, for example, does it you? anger you? Mm -hmm. If those concepts, if you're not comfortable with them, um, then you shouldn't be comfortable with gender inequality. Right. So um, I, I like to ask, and when I take sessions, I have conversations around um, embracing the notion of gender equality. Right. If you 
remove the brain of a woman mm-hmm. who is a an astro uh, um uh what was astronauts yeah and then the brain of a man who is a shimender and you just put the brain on the table here yeah i, I don't know if um something just by looking, looking at, those at those brains, brains yeah i doubt if you'll be able to tell that this is the brain of a woman and that's the brain of a man i may be wrong i mean aside from the physiology just looking at it that interpretation that comes by this is what he knows. This is what she knows. This is what he by, by level of knowledge. Can't tell. Yeah. So um, I, I think when you come to that awareness that this is another human being, I am angered by racism. I am angered by xenophobia. Yeah. Uh, I want people to, I, or I think people should enjoy equal opportunity to resources so right. they can attain their full potentials. Yeah. Then it becomes more comfortable for you to then say oh yeah this is a woman but more than just seeing that she's a woman this is a human being and then you treat them equally and you know you don't become obsessed with this idea of someone being subservient to To you you. right or someone you know that or treating someone as lesser than you so so before you go on something you said here just kind of triggered uh something for me and it's that oftentimes one there's an assumption that when we're talking about gender equality we're saying men versus women um so there's that there's the assumption that women don't hold biases as well that are negative um the second layer of that assumption is are you trying to say my mommy should not care for me or my wife should not care for me or but i, I treat her okay like i treat her right I, people kind of take this from a whole concept that that has esoteric elements which is uh, some high level of thought and and then we reduce it to individual interpretation of how i act within my space and how other people interpret that action. So I want you to address that, to talk about how that, look, the, don't let don't let your response to uh, gender equality, me, me, I'm not biased though. My wife can, or my sister can, or my, you know, without necessarily interrogating your interpretation of, I, I just want you to speak to that a little bit. If you would allow me to start with, an example. Yes. My father would qualify as a feminist. Mm. My father raised, I, I mean, I have um, three other siblings, yeah. boys, girls, two boys, we are two girls. I grew up washing cars. I grew up changing My uh, yeah. switches, you know, doing stuff. Yeah. And when I had my daughter, who my, my, my father is very um, fond of, I wanted to buy a bicycle. And then my father was like, ah, you know, why do you want to buy a bicycle? You know, she's a girl. <laughs> and I was like, seriously, daddy, yes. you didn't just say that. Because that that's my father who yes. didn't see any difference in uh, what it means to be a boy or a girl. Who raised us yeah. equally. But being caught up in that trap of bias, of societal bias, bias. Yeah. of what it means to be a girl and what, and it, what means it means to be a boy. A boy. So uh, it's not about whether bias is something that is um, known just uh, to happen to men. Mm-hmm. It happens to women. So sometimes women mm-hmm. can be uh, the tool right. of entrenching yes. stereotypes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when women say, my friend, sit down, you use this how you behave in, in, in your husband's house, or, or when you when essentially just raise women for the role that society has ascribed to them yes. just based on their gender, uh, it, it's not because we are wicked, it's not because we are weak, it's, it's just because we have been socialized to think. to think so. And I think that would bring me to you, you, your question about how do we address it at the layer of the individual yeah. and at the level, at the institutional level. level. Yeah. So most of the reforms that we require to navigate um, the conversations around gender equality are not changes that can happen at individual level alone. Right. You know, because um, right. at the individual level, it's a question of choice. Right. Right. So you can you can get away with deciding not to mm -hmm. embrace the values of gender equality if you know you would get away with it. Yeah. And that is where we need institutional reforms. Right. That is where we need policies, you know. So if, for example, you have an organization, you are an employer of labor, and you do not see any reason why yeah. people should, women, for example, should enjoy maternity leave, you do not come to the awareness that perhaps when women take breaks to have children, they are working for the state. <laughs> they are populating the state. Yeah. And if you're able to get away with that or to not pay them when they do so, it's a choice. You yes. need the law to step in at that point to say, no, this is the limit. Choices. When yeah. this happens, the, you must, it is a must that this individual must enjoy right. um, maternity leave mm -hmm. or this individual must enjoy maternity leave. So right. it is where we begin to need laws to ensure affirmative actions yeah. in all spheres of human interaction. Right. So it is not, and, and yes, there is definitely a role for um, sensitization, yes. you know, teaching the society, but you cannot underestimate the place of institutional institutions taking taking you 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 you, you, you know I, I recall having a conversation about um so so let me paint the scenario i was home and then they had come to knock on the door that there's supposed to be this meeting about the neighborhood and they came in and said a guy is not around i said no and they left they never even told me there was a meeting they left and then when my husband came somebody must have been watching uh, uh they went back they came back and then called him and asked for the meeting. And of course, I mean, I was livid. I, I don't have the capacity to understand neighborhood matters, where I live, where the safety, whatever you do in terms of safety, is, is no less important to me as a woman than it is to you. And we went into a conversation, my, you know, several people, I mean, I wasn't expressing my, I was expressing my anger within the uh, comfort of people where we could have conversation. I said, yeah, but you know, it's not every woman who wants to be involved. Like, and I said, look, there are women, th this is always my go-to example. There are women who still think female genital mutilation is good. Yeah, absolutely. But science research has told us that there is no benefit to it. Mm -hmm. That has left, when it comes to rights and fundamental human rights, 
So while I'm not saying, oh, it is mine, it is like, you must, like, there's a law that says, oh, I must be a part of neighborhood conversations and all. But I want you to elevate this beyond what I want and what you want, because sometimes what you want is not the best for the society. And there has to be something that's, that helps us to self-correct. And I think that's the lens from which people need to begin to think, because I think the most important thing you've told us here is that you're not evil for having bias. No, you're not. You just have to check it, check that bias. As, as you know, just before I, because we're still going to pull you back for like, like a part two of this conversation. I'm just wondering, um, in terms of navigating bias within the, the, the comfort constraints of culture, mm-hmm. within the constraints of language, mm-hmm. uh, within the constraints of institutions like religious institutions, how do we navigate, how do we navigate inherent biases, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to gender equality? How, how can we navigate uh, within the context of culture, certain cultures believe in certain things, or, you know, you know, I, I mean, I, we don't want to start raising examples. How do we navigate? How can I help my traditional relative, um, Kabyasi or Easy or I forget, you know, <laughs> all the other terminologies, um, but your position is not fair in a society where you have different kinds of people. How do we navigate that? Yeah, so uh, just to say that it is not only that such positions are not fair, it's again that such position puts um, all of us, men and women, and where you have others in between at very great disadvantage. Yes. So how do we navigate um, a conversation around Biases, gender biases, um, culturally. <sighs> you know, sometimes it feels like an uphill task yeah. and something that we cannot surmount. Yeah. Especially when you reflect on um, the thoughts that it might take more than 100 years yes, right. for us to even attain um, gender equality. Right. But I, I, there is no danger in, you know, making internal i mean intentional um efforts right about making conversation around gender equality a norm mm-hmm. so what i've come to realize recently is that the moment you identify first as a a feminist yeah. or somebody who's advocating for gender, gender equality, equality people are like oh no, they, they have come they have again. Come. those people you know <laughs> and there's a lot of anger about uh, this whole conversation, or why do men want to be, why, why do women want to be equal with men and, yeah. and all of that. But I think it is first to all of us to agree that this is not a combative conversation. Right. So we're not in a combat. <laughs> we are having a dialogue, a dialogue that in the end will move all of us towards development. Right. Would move the society towards um, a, a system where everybody attain their full potential, whether they are women or okay. they are men. So, um, I think it is it starts from us having this discussion, right. you know, without necessarily being confrontational with mm. culture. Mm. Please say that again. <laughs> yeah. So. 
is to understand the context within these cultural nuances that uh, are hostile uh, against gender equality are coming from. Because you cannot influence what you do not understand. Right. So let's be deliberate about, okay, so what did, where is this coming, coming from? from? How did we get, where were we here before? And I'm putting this context, for example, within the notion of what I know about history, yeah. um, about women in um, Yoruba mythology or Yoruba history. I mean, um, our mothers were matriarchs in their own rights. Mm. So they, had, they, were, they, they were married, they had their own lives, they, but they had their own businesses and, you know, they were respected, they held titles. Right. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves in this place where women identity were usurped and yeah, we're here. So we can retrace it back and begin to enunciate, okay, gender complementarity. Mm -hmm. that, that's the philosophy that guides my conversation around right. gender equality. Mm -hmm. So I call people to imagine that a world without women, mm -hmm. what would that world look uh, like? Now that was a song that I love like that. Yeah. <laughs> a world without men, yeah. what would that world look like? So there has to be a reason why we're like this, whether yeah. we have men, whether we have women. And I am guided by uh, yeah. Gilligan, uh, uh, Carol Gilligan. Yeah. Carol Gilligan is an Amer American psychologist. And I like a distinction between the episte uh, epist epistemological composition of men and, and women. women. So um, I don't know. Let me see if I... Yeah. So according to her, male and females solve ethical and social dilemmas with sets of different criteria. So if you ascribe the model of equality, justice, rights, impartiality, objectivity, universal principle and logic to men, mm. and she ascribed person-centered, stressing care, <coughs> compassion, trust, yeah. mercy, forgiveness, preventing harm, and feelings to women. Mm. Now, you can see how our biological composition probably would contribute to those models. Yes. But you can also easily see how when you fuse those, those models together, together that's how, exactly. Right. I think that's where we need to come from. So, as a woman who um, gets pregnant, yeah. who carries a baby, who breastfeeds, I'm probably more biologically oriented to, to have care. Yeah. And does this reflect in how women lead? Yes. Absolutely. When you talk about, um, you know, what you would say, oh, logic, you yeah. know, um, equality, being protective. Yes. Is it, does it reflect the biological composition of men? Yes. But does it, does it have its merit? Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there a way for us to bring all of this together and you know, uh, and, and not yeah. make one. There's no hierarchy. There's no hierarchy. Yes. There's no hierarchy. So on the same level, I think when we do that without on without being confrontational, right? Without being combative, yes, we will make some progress. Wow. Feels like just as we begin to say, you know, let's 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 close this. We we dig up some really important, you know, insights and. 
I want because I'm absolutely bringing you back. We're we're going to continue this conversation, but I mean, for me, as we wrap this up and say, you know, toodles, toodles. See you next time. I would say, in the words of, uh, he's not a poet; he's a musician. Who mankind will never f- find justice until there's first justice between the sexes. Yes. And so so thank you so much for helping us, you know, kind of set an understanding of bias, where it's coming from, how it plays into gender equality thank and you. what we can do about thank it. You. Thank you, Adenike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, it feels good, you know, to talk about it. And I, I really look forward to a time when uh, we can just have uh, beyond this level, you yes. know, at, at the societal level, level, this conversation in a way that is um, peaceful and um, helpful. Right, right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah.